episode commencing in 3, 2, 1, episode initiated. In the far-flung future of our recent past, in the year 3203, the crew travel the galaxy righting wrongs and battling 1950s representations of space communists. This is the serialized adventures of the Cosmic Sky Flash, a.k.a. The Avengers of Crit Gordon. This is your GM Patrick here, your Gordon-mongering enthusiast game master, and allow me to welcome you to the world of black and white television science fiction. And joining me in, in the weekly tales to astonish and electrify you are my five friends, your weekly rocketing adventurers to my far left a member of the gbi the galactic bureau of investigation we're gabbering away today with Tribert. hey welcome patrick to hey. season five i am the new host of season no five. no i'm That's welcoming you what character are you playing patrick <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh i'm so not ready <laughs> across the digital table for me have spaceship will travel with style let's all make believe with Miles. Good evening. <laughs> that sounded like a question. Let's all make believe with Miles. Let's all make believe with Miles. To my right, ready to science up the spot like Dr. Zarkov. Why I'm talking, of course, about Tyler. Tyler? I'm in the third spot this season. <laughs> ever closer to the final, the last spot that I coveted for season one. <laughs> to my immediate left, our Dale Arden type and the inspiration for Princess Leia, we're all dying to dive in with Drew. Ah, to finish with the universe. Okay, Drew, and across from him, an evil warlord trying to take over the universe. Why, it's time to roll with Rebecca. That's me. <laughs> oh, in the five slot. <laughs> It only took five seasons, Rebecca, to get you there, <laughs> right? Unlike uh, some other people, I have not been uh, excited about being last. I feel like uh, I'm letting everyone down with my uninteresting quips <laughs> or lack thereof. Oh, trust me. I've been first and last. I just say, good evening. <laughs> All reliable. Good evening. Guys, welcome to episode one of season five of Cosmic Crits. How are, you, how are you doing? Doing well. I'm, I'm excited nervous. to see these crazy characters in action. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to the first total attack roll that is single digits. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm I'm super excited from going from twenty to one. This is the biggest turnaround, obviously we've ever done <laughs> for sure. But uh, I really just want to start like at level three or four from here on out. Whenever we start new characters. Boy, that would be so much. You know what? Nice. What? Why we do that? We can do that, right? Let's just skip the first book. There's nothing important happening. I'm not saying skip the first book. I'm just saying (laughs) skip levels. Oh, okay. So yeah, yeah, you just want me to. We want to be level three at the start, and we need you to readjust the whole campaign. (laughs) Yeah, because (laughs) or exactly. To be fair, don't readjust it. We'll just 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 (laughs) stop. I mean, Patrick did readjust the last campaign quite a bit. If anything, you guys would be level zero when we start because you're too powerful at all times. For you're one level too powerful, so you know what? Yeah, just erase all your class features. We're, you're we're level one NPC. <laughs> no! Yeah, plus one to hit and plus one to three skills and whatever. Oh else they no! Have. Patrick uh, just sent me a, a, 
an NPC sheet for sweeper bot. I'm a sweeper <laughs> bot. No. <laughs> great. I'm a level zero farmer in this season. I hope I become a class at some point. <laughs> I'm supposed to farm moisture on a planet that has two suns. Dang it. This is awkward. This is, I, I mean, I feel like we've done something new every season and that I've tried to trip you guys up, but this season is probably the weirdest. This week's episode is the first true episode of the series after our intro episode zero live stream that we had during Criticon six, which you may or may not have listened to. We're going to treat this episode kind of like the first episode in case you hadn't listened to that, but we are playing this before that live stream happens. We're playing this about a month early, which means this episode is the first time you guys are actually ever playing these characters. And, you know, the, the first time you're showing them off to one another and the first time we're going to be introducing them to to the audience, even though it's already happened in the podcast feed. I explained <laughs> this in text a couple months ago when I realized CritterCon season five are going to line up together. CritterCon, our online charity convention, of course. But <laughs> I didn't listen then and completely forgot. So now I'm like, <laughs> all my plans are. <laughs> uh, th- well, that is why. I didn't introduce your guys as characters at the start of this episode and also why we're not going to have a last time on segment because we don't know what happened really <laughs> last week. If I told you it would be spoiling it, which is a little confusing, but last week we met your character <laughs> for the first time. Technically, I feel like I'm living a Doctor Who episode or something. It's a time travel episode. Yeah. yeah. Well, so technically, episode zero is going to be a regular episode for everyone at home listening and it's going to be a flashback for you guys because you'll already have played these characters flashback gordon does that make sense nope (laughs) oh goodness gracious right so yeah this is kind of like a second introduction if you were to listen to episode zero but yeah I, I, i can tell you at this point your characters have met one another but you guys haven't met each other's characters so yeah we're we're a little time travely so bear with us, audience members, and thank you for for showing up again. If you liked episode zero <laughs> and like these characters, you hope you hopefully you like them more now. <laughs> Welcome <laughs> back. The the first awkward time these guys get to to play them. So uh, before we get started, let's talk a little bit about the campaign this season on Cosmic Crit. We are playing the space kingmaker style adventure path called. Horizons of the Vast. And this is the we're starting with the first book, which is a great place to start. It'd be so weird if we started with book five. Book number one in the six arc adventure path is called Planet Fall by none other than the man, the myth, the Lundeen legend himself, Ron Lundeen. Um and Jabert <laughs> Jabert, I was just looking through it. I think between you and I, this is like the sixth EP volume by Ron that we've done together, you know, between Pathfinder and Starfinder over the years. We've done a lot of Ron in it up. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Ron is featured hev- heavily in my uh, my nightmares. So I was going <laughs> to welcome, welcome back to my book, life, Ron. You got a burn book full of Ron. <laughs> right, exactly. How dare he? Uh, uh, he he's a he's a, a writer that doesn't really pull a lot of punches prolific 
<laughs> very prolific. Yeah. But like I said, both Pathfinder and Starfinder over the years. I, I, I think he ha- did not write any skull and shackles. I think that's the only time you're getting away from <laughs> is, um, our skull and shackles podcast. Right. And this season, you guys are all playing five brand new characters. I, I can. This is not really spoiling anything because anyone <laughs> out there has already met these characters in episode zero. But yeah, they're they have never shown up in our ongoing meta narrative before. And yeah, so we're we're starting like completely fresh, brand new slate. Unless well, <laughs> unless one of you is secretly actually like the the son of uh and as one four seven and you just didn't tell me about it so like i guess i don't have control over that if you're keeping secrets from me but for, from I, what i understand nobody is connected to any of the other characters in previous seasons i tried to be gavrilar skinor senior uh again <laughs> but uh such a callback wasn't 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 didn't didn't end up swinging that way 2018 callback but yeah we're we're going to a place untouched by this campaign we're going to a place that didn't exist before this AP was written, a brand new planet in the vast. And if you hadn't heard of Kingmaker before, it was a Pathfinder adventure path where players basically made their own city state, their own kingdom, and literally played Kingmaker. They decided the fate of citizens, they built cities, annexed territories, fought wars between, you know, giant armies. And Horizons of the Vast is similar. In space, <laughs> space gangmaker, and you guys are all playing colonists, you know, touching down on this far off planet, almost as far away from Absalom Station as you can get in this universe. Guys, over the course of the season, just to set expectations, uh, I've, I've prefaced this a couple times with folks in the Discord online here. This is going to be our longest season yet, our biggest season yet. Season one was 73 episodes. Season three was 83 episodes. Those are our other two volume arcs. And I expect this one to be longer. Uh, (laughs) So this is probably going to last us through 2025. Into the year 2025. So I hope you like these characters. (laughs) Yeah, I was about to say, or I will, you know, just throw them into danger real yeah, I was <laughs> going to say, we can always kill someone off. It's fine. <laughs> if someone throws a grenade, you're like, everyone's scrambling to jump on it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I got this. I'll hard. save you all. I'll take this one for the team. That's all the right. least popular one oh, on no. the podcast. We... The grenade did 1d4 damage. <laughs> oh, that's not the more we should do. <laughs> we should just do like a, like a burp comes um, out from underneath. A you. monthly fan challenge and call it just like the, the Steve Rogers vote where one of the fans can vote on which character gets to jump on a grenade. <laughs> and you have to do it. You have to try to and do it. And you have to do it. You have to you have to do it. Right. So that's my introductory spiel out of the way. Are you guys ready to are you excited, I should say, to jump in feet first and get our shoes soaked? <laughs> get all wet. <laughs> get, you assume we have from feet. the ankle down. Yeah. Oh goodness! I'm it's, so it's, sorry. It's not, it's not a deep. It's not a deep pool. It's, <laughs> nope. it's all day about yay deep. So. It's just episode one right level now. Level one. So it's yeah. Like, yeah, level one, yeah. episode one. It's a splash pad, is what it is. Hey, Patrick, do any of your enemies have doshkos? I just want to know if I'm going to die immediately. <laughs> I'm not revealing anything, Tyler. Okay, well, let's get into it. Uh, this is, like I said, book one, Planetfall. 
This episode begins in the unending, unearthly wilds of the drift. It's an eclectic miasma of purple and green clouds and, and heavenly bodies of, of background energy in a plane of indeterministic time and distance. And for the last few hundred years or so, it has been the bedrock of intergalactic travel in the Starfinder universe. It has allowed trips that would take several light years to be traversed in a matter of days. We, we see here a massive boxy starship flying through this eerily empty void. It's about a 150 foot wide cube. It looks almost like it's standing still as lazy space clouds kind of inch by by comparison in the, the background. Uh, this ship is a Compint Star Settler starship, and it's designated as the Burnished Dawn. You see a, a symbol of uh, Tyrell Holdings on the outside alongside a badge that reads Project Horizons near the vessel's name, laser etched into its side. As we pan through the ship, we see multiple bulkhead lined bays, cargo holds, large living quarters, and dozens of settlers. We watch as a, a noir couple bicker while playing a, a card game. There's scientists in the holds running experiments on planter crates of live specimens. And there are classes in survival being taught by a, a red-skinned red Akatonian. And here on the bridge is a, a cadre of characters that come forth to start their shift as the ship's crew. They are your party of adventurers, the five of you. And at this point in your journey, you all have been stuck inside this tin can together for about a month, maybe spent the last 400 hours or so of work time on the ship in one another's company or in close quarters of some sort. Let's go around the room and introduce yourself to one another and maybe talk about your PCs a little bit and then maybe how they've gotten on one another's nerves over the last month. You don't have to explain every little little bit and bob about your character. Like, we don't need to know your feats or even your class if you don't want to. Maybe just a d description and what you're willing to to say we see. I'll start. Oh, Jabert. <laughs> All right. So <laughs> you see, you hear before you see uh, a loud clanking coming down the hallway, down the, uh, the berth, coming through the berth. And... Uh, stepping through is a diminutive short uh, four feet 11 inches of pure metal and it is uh, uh, indeed appears to be some sort of a knight in shining armor uh, who lifts up their visor to reveal a wee otter a wee otter coming come, come through and saying and saying uh Hey, am I the first one on board? The 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 bridge? Is this the bridge? What is this? Where am yeah. I? Yeah, you're coming. You're coming for shift number like 33 so far in this journey. Oh <laughs> boy. Of 12 hour shifts. <laughs> um yeah, so I uh yeah, indeed. I I take I take my seat and this is this is we jam from goes calls himself jam from the mighty and his name is not 
we jam from, but it, it, <laughs> no. it's a it's a little guy named Jam from. <laughs> right. Okay. Good. <laughs> yeah. Little little guy. Little guy named Jam from. I mean, we might be like the like like Sir, you know, for the Bernari. Oh. Yeah. We jam from. <laughs> so, or that's just how he introduces himself. We jam from. <laughs> that's right. The, the royal um, we. Yeah, jam from likely bothers uh, his crewmates because he is uh, incessantly obsessing over small baubles and trying to crack the, crack them open on his tummy. And um, <laughs> his, uh, yeah, yeah, his, uh, his, that that's like a, a nonstop. That, I mean, that's almost as worse as like pistachio shells you know right exactly yeah and, and i leave and i leave little like sea urchin pieces everywhere in the yeah <laughs> one of the cargo holds is just a, a massive tank of <laughs> that's the only thing you brought with you is sea urchins right exactly well it's like big brother where you can get like a supply of like one thing you know oh but so. you have to complete a challenge first you right. have to you have to hold, balance something on your head for like an hour Okay. Well, <laughs> and I and I, I sit awkwardly with my sort sort of poking poking into the chair, and uh, but eventually I I am able to finagle my way around. Yeah. It's impractical, but it keeps me safe. This is very confusing. You've you've described a a knight with armor and a sword. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jabert, this is our Starfinder campaign. Mm. You, you understand it's. Pathfinder. You know, here's the thing, though, Patrick. I really liked Kingmaker. Oh, okay. I'm just playing Kingmaker. <laughs> We're going back to Kingmaker, baby. Oh, <laughs> uh, who who wants to introduce uh, one another next to one another? That made sense, right? Who 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 here wants to step up next? I mean, I can go. Gosh, I knew it was gonna be you because you can't suffer an uncomfortable silence. I know. <laughs> You're like, oh gosh, it's going to be me, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> Go right in. I'm going to volunteer. Okay, uh, so behind Jam from uh, this tiny little guy comes a seven foot tall, very lean, very slender, oh, hairless, completely hairless alien. Uh, um, yes, yeah, very tall, especially in comparison to the little otter. Um, <laughs> Yeah, they come in the in the door and they they whisper quietly sort of to themselves, "Calm down. We are not late. We're fine." And they're going to come in and I have no idea what this person does on this ship. No clue how they might it's be been, a part of a crew. <laughs> it's been very quiet going the last, you know, month or whatever you've been on the ship. So you guys can cycle between one another, the crew duties. So take whatever chair you want right now. You can sit in the captain's well, chair, Rebecca. If, I don't care. If it's an option, I don't know what's in this room, but I... Mean, I... All, all, this is the deck of the ship, so every monitoring station for every chair in, in the starship is... Okay, center. well, they they have a, a particular affinity for plants oh, and spend okay. a lot of time in the aquaponics, you know, part of the ship. Oh, down um, with the nerds, huh? Yeah, gazing at the stars through the giant windows in there and tending to the plant life and, you know, the growing the gardens and things like that. <laughs> they they really enjoy the what plants they they grow and things die and then things grow out of that death and it 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 really speaks to to this person mm-hmm. on a on a visceral level, I suppose. 
And yeah, so if there's like a monitoring station that I can look at my plants and make sure the plants are okay, that'd be good. Yeah, science station. You can you can check in with some of the experiments going on on the ship. One may notice, as I mentioned, when when they came in the in the door, they were you know quietly calming themselves down. Uh, they may notice others who are watching them may notice that they're covered with an organic looking tattoo all along their skin surfaces. And uh, that tattoo slowly fades from yellow to a more coral color as uh, as they kind of gain their composure, I suppose, mm. uh, and realize that they are on time for their uh, shift starts. So. Mood ring tattoo. That's pretty cool. Yes. <laughs> what what's your character's name? Their name is Asher, hmm. and their uh, parasitic companion, if you will, uh, that is forming those said tattoos uh, is named Sky. Oh, okay. So we got a got a couple characters here. Huh? That's pretty cool. Excellent, excellent. So you, you take a, a seat, maybe over at the science chair. I don't I don't have these mapped out. I'm just going to put you across from our friend Jam from who wants to introduce their character next. We got three more to get through, believe it or not. Woohoo! Pardon me, old sport. Pardon me, old bean. Uh, <laughs> just sorry I'm late. Sorry I'm late. <laughs> Drew? Drew? Who's, uh, who are we looking at? Oh, it's it's old it's old Zilix, uh, Zilix Thel of, of the Sky City's helm. <laughs> just don't mind me. I'll be over here. What what are we looking at? What is it that we're looking at? What do they look like? Uh, this is a uh, uh, a six to eight foot tall lizard man. Oh my god! So so many tall people. <laughs> <laughs> so sorry, Jabert. <laughs> they didn't check in with you. <laughs> well, someone's got to keep their ear to the ground. <laughs> sorry, Drew. Go go right ahead. <laughs> He's an extangy uh, oh. lizard lizard person. Yeah, you could have just made that up right now, and I'd still probably believe you because I don't think I'd really heard of Ixtangi before the, we started this season. Uh, that's the thing. They've released a bunch of alien archives by this point. <laughs> There's yeah. so many playable aliens of different things. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I don't... Well, do, do you happen to recall where the Ixtangi are from? Uh, I think Alien Archive 4 is where Ooh, they Ooh, so that pretty, pretty new one. That was here before last. Awesome. What what else do they... they they're, they're a giant... How would you describe them? Uh, he's 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 a, a giant rich space lizard who's just going to oh. go and try to stay out of the way and uh, maybe not cause too much trouble. Okay, all right. And any, anything else about their their looks, their demeanor, perhaps, or or is that what we're going with? Start. That's fine uh, as well. He, he is going to pick the uh, the the easiest spot on the ship, the spot that he has the least amount to do uh, at any given time. Probably science ops. <laughs> of course, we're, we're going to have art and stuff up on our website, but the, uh, the, <laughs> they're not Vesk kind of lizards. They uh, they have some interesting features. And the fact that they're so tall is like, well, honestly, kind of intimidating <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> thinking about them. The art doesn't make me think that they'd be that tall, but they are pretty lanky looking for the most part. Yeah. And uh, he's, he's got a he's got kind of a, a little tail. It's like a space chameleon, uh, if you want to think about it in that way. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably the closest they have. I forget what they call it when the the eyes are kind of offset on the side, but I think that's pretty standard for Stangy. Looking in multiple different directions. All right, that's Drew. Um, Zilix, Zilix, you said? 
Zilix fell. The Sky City fell. <laughs> what? You know, we've been all over that. <laughs> I guess I, for people that maybe didn't listen to episode zero. Uh, who wants to introduce next? We got Tyler. We got Miles. I can go. <laughs> In walks a not as tall as all these tall folk. Uh, <laughs> let's go a regular old like six foot three individual oh yeah just regular six foot three regular six tyler you just made yourself this season didn't you (laughs) and tyler uh, how how tall does it say you are on your license tell me right now oh five eleven oh that's lies (laughs) so and he is walking slowly and you his head is down looking at a, a a physical book not a data pad but a tome you know that's actually pressed on made of dead leaves oh gross dead leaves and stuff and he is unlike drew who really wanted to expand the horizons of the alien archives i went with elf uh because (laughs) all right both Gilbert and tyler you understand we're playing starfinder i I forgot the assignment lend me your bow tyler to be be honest with you (laughs) to be honest with you listeners we got on the podcast today and I forgot I needed to make a character. And so I've just <laughs> grabbed what came first. <laughs> you, you grabbed an old uh, Pathfinder yes. character. So <laughs> you're an elf, wearing, like a, he's an, just he's a regular elf, elf, regular elf. He has long, dark hair. He has a pale complexion. His eyes, if you were to see them, are kind of a yellowish color and they glow almost, almost like they're constantly magical in nature. And he wears long flowing flowing robes and the areas where those robes might billow a little more, those are wrapped in long ribbons that come off of him. Ooh. If you if uh, folks want to know the inspiration kind of for his look or for his art, he is modeled after Jeno from Afro Samurai when he was wearing all the different numbered headbands. So if you look at that art, that's kind of the oh, idea. If you, if you listen to our podcast listeners, it's dozens of people Googling something right now. <laughs> I'm typing on their phone. They're listening to us on. And so you, as he's walking, he is walking. I, I don't remember. I've seen slowly. it. Slowly. He has a ethereal presence. Ooh. And he maybe at some point he runs like into the captain's chair because he, he does not stop looking up or he does not look up. He's just looking down and he kind of notices that he's hit something. And then he looks around the room and he says, it is it is time for shift. Oh, I am fortunate to have arrived. And then maybe looking around a little further, he goes, Sir Yamfram, is it, what, what is the time in this timeline? I look at my, I reflexively look at my wrist and realize I don't have a watch. And I say, <laughs> the ah. dial doesn't work when, uh, <laughs> when you're in space. Oh yeah. no. <laughs> I, say, I say, ah, it's a, you're right on time. Don't worry about it, friend. Don't worry your mind. You've shown up at exactly the moment. You're only here. You are. He he, <laughs> he kind of seems lost for a second, and then he says, "Of course, thank you. I will. Yeah. I will take my seat then." And he just sits in the captain's chair that he just bumped into. But before he even sits down, he's already back in his book. And I think for his crewmates, that is the most probably frustrating or annoying thing about Pradier is that he is not in the present often. He is distracted and 
it will often take them maybe a few times to get his attention. And even when they get it, it is lost very quickly. So there's a lot of repeating or really making sure that he is indeed there with them in the moment. And, you know, you're probably used to him saying very often in conversation, I'm with you now. I'm here with you now. And that's kind of his. I was not listening to you before at all. <laughs> yeah, now yes. he said, I, that, definitely paying attention. Yeah, Don't even because bother this is yeah, this is just such a common. Twenty minutes late yesterday. <laughs> so hearing that, he tries to say that to other people to give them more confidence that he is actually paying attention in, in that moment. But that's that's uh, Pradier. Awesome. Maybe, maybe I should have mentioned, I just really don't like elves, Tyler. Uh, you really oh, no. should have ran this by me. They're like my least favorite fantasy race. A big, aloof book nerd of an elf. I feel like I'm destined for the airlock in this time. <laughs> <laughs> Last but not least, you guys know for a fact that you have a fifth crewmate that's on your rotation team and someone you've had to... I guess the pleasure to deal with for the last month or so. Miles, should we first describe the fact that we've tried to be ultra secret to uh, to everyone on the podcast? Like you've not yeah. <laughs> told them like any details about your character? Yeah, and I, I forgot that we were doing the, the flashback episodes. So what kind of uh, <laughs> it's gonna be your we're actual introduction? Well, yes. While he just, he just walks in like under a bed sheet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you've been under a benchy for a month, and you're finally ready to reveal yourself. No, but this is Cuckoo! this is the actual live first time reveal of your character to to all your friends here on the podcast. Who comes walking in the door last? Well, first of all, it, it, how, how large is that door? Would the door be able to oh, sustain? Oh no! Oh no! The door is about five feet wide, so okay. not not huge. How, okay. How big is your character? Should we be worried? <laughs> no, <laughs> but there's other parts to my character. So in in walks a, a three and a half foot creature who is adorned in what seems to be some sort of uniform, although doesn't. There's no designation. There's no badges. There's there's nothing that. You know, or at least, at least there's no insignia. And what you see is a small gray, one of the more <laughs> mysterious races oh, in Starfinder. No. <laughs> as far as what would frustrate their their teammates, my character does not divulge information. And in fact, sometimes purposefully just says something that is completely incorrect. They seem, everyone seems to believe that my character's creature, or my character is is there for something else because there's no reason it's just there. Because greys haven't been part of, I mean, there's still rumors for the most part. Mm. And for one just to kind of, show up on a, a shift like this is very strange. It's a, it's a large time commitment your character has made here. Yeah, for for Project Horizon. And w- when you say gray, you mean like a little the classic, green the classic man gray kinda. alien. Yes, you've yeah, got yes. the 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 bulbous head, the large emotionless black eyes. Your your classic alien. Um right. and 
in in that tradition, I wanted to play something like this because little is known about them as a kind of a, a Starfinder nod to the OG aliens. And I thought this could be a fun avenue to explore this character. And as they stride in confidently, but without any sort of arrogance, you also see a small vehicle following behind them. Oh, and, no. And, no. and a, ve- a, a vehicle that doesn't look dissimilar to what I'm going to to share with the chat in, in our, our Discord. Because if there's one thing that the party has learned, it's that my character seems to have an affinity <laughs> for what they call classic or retro or primitive vehicles. It's almost oh. like model collecting oh. to my character. And my character is a vehicle mechanic. <laughs> Listeners, Miles has put a, a 1984 station wagon. It's a the- Vista Cruiser. Vista Cruiser. <laughs> is, is this the Vista Cruiser from Evil Dead? It's not. It's, it's not. It's not the car okay. from from Evil Dead, but it's a Vista Cruiser. Well, what if it um, is? What if canonically it turns out to be Sam Raimi's I, car? <laughs> I think it is. I think this is Sam Raimi's car. It's Raimi's car. Wait a minute. Oh, no. <laughs> it's Ian. It's his old Peter. Well, I, yeah, I should say at this point, it does not look like that vehicle. It's only about four foot across if it's following you. It's, so right. it's, a, it's a tiny miniature. Vista <laughs> it's a miniature looks, version of it. Um, it looks like only <laughs> only your character can fit in it. It looks like a toddler Jeep. Yeah. Yes, it does. But it, it so the cool thing about vehicle mechanics is when they're doing other things, they, they can make their vehicles compact. If we had this space, if we were not on the bridge, this would basically kind of expand into a regular size vehicle that the entire party can fit into. Oh, it's a wagon. And it also provides cover. <laughs> Glad what? I bought those formation boots then. What? Who? Who is your character? What are, what are you playing? You said you said gray and oh mechanic. What's their name? Yeah. So uh, or how do you would you introduce yourself? My character does not introduce. They just stare blankly. When push <laughs> comes to shove, my character has basically they my character does not like having to speak that much. They find this plane's language uh, extremely unnuanced and guttural. And so, so, so every single time saying. my character talks, they just seem irritated about it. Well, and it's also and they, they don't act. Uh, you you mentioned this. They don't speak. They only telepathically. They, yeah. So Grace only communicate telepathically. <laughs> so you just you just hear an aggravated voice in your head when when my character does choose to communicate. The one time someone has asked my character's name, they basically just said there are not enough syllables or words to properly put into context how your plane cannot conceive this being's name. If you have to call this being anything, it would be. Uh, <laughs> that's what they hear. Yes, that's what everyone hears. Uh, the 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 grays are so unknowable. And even even within the confines of this podcast, their name cannot be sp- uh, spoken aloud. So the only thing you ever see from my character is the word 
redacted. That that pops up in their their brains as well. Yes, oh, it, it's, it's just like they just they just it's just kind of a hidden like they just <laughs> it's blank redacted redacted. <laughs> so my character is redacted. They my character has been uh, I think, you know, I would imagine maybe Asher or Jam from has tried to kind of play nice and 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 ask several questions, trying to get some sort of name or even pronoun preferences to which my character uh, said it. This being's only pronouns are personal. <laughs> so my character only responds to the name or or this or, being. Or, a, or beep. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Got I already told Miles I'm not beeping it every time on the podcast. No, no, no. That's that's why that's why we just have to call it the character uh, <laughs> the redacted. First couple, well, the first couple of times anyone says it, it's definitely getting beat when you say re- or maybe you just say it in, in context. Right. You guys are the bridge crew for the next 12 hours. Uh, indeed. Does anybody else have any other ways that <laughs> you maybe uh, your character gets on one another's nerves in this time? I'm just I'm just sitting there just clacking on my on my tummy this whole time, <laughs> like to a rhythm or just like arrhythmically or what? No, just 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 trying to get just, just trying to get that sweet meat out of this uh, out of this uh, <laughs> out of this uh, urchin. Well, I will say that uh, there was a joke made about the royal we earlier, but my character really does refer to themselves as we because they see themselves as two entities. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um you know, forged into a single one. And I imagine that could get on some people's nerves. Would mine in real life. <laughs> well, <so>. but <laughs> also go by they, them and everyone else. Yes. I think all pronouns that match their actual life pronouns. So a bunch of my character, <laughs> yeah. well, not, not, not redacted, yeah. <laughs> but yes, re- everyone redacted else. Redacted and Asher, them. are they, are they, them? I think the rest of us are. Nope, not they, them. <laughs> My character's only pro- just, pronouns are personal, as in personal pronouns. So we okay, cannot well use a name or a pronoun a when referring to this character. So have, that's why say, that's why my character is so frustrated by by this plane. You have to say redacted Miles, every Miles, time. We're not going. We're not going to talk about your character ever again. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is what they want to happen. Yeah, that's exactly that's what it. redacted wants to happen. That's what I want to happen. You're giving in to redacted's game. <laughs> I being the personal pronoun that redacted prefers. <laughs> yeah. Can so, we say hey you? Just <laughs> you, you can certainly say it. You may not get a response. <laughs> he doesn't they don't respond. <laughs> oh yeah, so yeah, maybe I think if you guys put in a vote of like who's the most annoying to work with, it's probably redacted. <laughs> no, no small talk. And we'll never know who it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How they got through the background screening process to get onto this starship, <laughs> you might be a little confused by as well. But indeed, they were. <laughs> <laughs> their their information was blanked out in the system. But yeah, you guys are getting on one another's nerves because it was supposed to take a little over three weeks, the estimates when you left Absalom Station. A three-week tour. You were supposed to be there <laughs> over like, almost two weeks ago. But every day that this journey has continued uh, since then, yourself, the other crew and passengers seem to have gotten more and more anxious. They've been waiting for the computer to finally tell you you've arrived out in the vast and 
this is pushing the limits really of some of the longer trips that you can take from Absalom Station. You know, it's a kind of a centralized location in the drift, but going to the far edges of the, the galaxy mechanically takes, I think, five D six days, maybe a little bit more if you're you're going further out, but it's taken probably the maximum amount of time it has for, for this kind of journey before. And that's why on this shift, when the computer starts beeping incessantly at you, you guys probably get extremely excited as, uh, you know, your own old positions in the deck here and can shoot up as uh, you go to check this beeping out. A another figure appears on the command deck here uh, behind you is the settlement's advisor walking through the the doors Ezerand Shire a fairly young human man comes in on some some techno crutches that silently pad and empower their steps and he asks you all uh let me show you oh we'll first show you what his character art looks like he's on the cover of Planetfall so you might have seen this this art before so he's the bad guy <laughs> oh, <laughs> you foiled me. The season's over. Quick, <laughs> <Sorry>. get him. <laughs> no, there's sometimes good guys on the, the cover here. Yeah, we don't have an envoy this season. Uh, yeah, right. oh, spoil- oh, spoilers. Drew, <laughs> come on. <laughs> they already know what we're playing. They listen to episode zero. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. Good point. He says to you all, uh, what's all the commotion, huh? Did the, the ship finally decide it's it's time to drop us out of the drift. I sure could use some solid ground under these uh, these feats of mine. Uh, as you guys are, are here in your, your science officer and you got navigation, gunnery, engineering, captains, chairs, and looking into these computers. Oh, does anybody want to make a quick computers check? To see if you can figure out what it's trying to relay to you. Uh, Redacticam. Oh, the 24. Oh, my goodness gracious. First roll of the... <laughs> You'd be quite good, quite good. I imagine you have pretty good computers. Is that? I I do. Uh, I have a plus eight the computers. So you just lightning fast type up uh, on the screen here and bring up indeed the the computer's star chart system, but it doesn't seem like it's coming from navigation at all. This is not alerting you to leaving the drift, but rather. This is an engine failure alert. This is an alarm coming from the engine room. It seems like there is a, a power depreciation. It's, it is rapidly draining from the engine room and the computer's automatic systems are failing to stop or slow it, which is why it is alerting the crew to, to act quickly. It seems to have like a countdown that looks like it's about 15 minutes or potentially you're going to be dropped out of the drift into regular space in dead in the water. Are you, how are you, or are you going to relay that information is redacted Uh, sharing redacted. will just look and say 15 minutes and we're dead in the water. Well, 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 that doesn't seem very good. Uh, What, what the heck is happening down there in the engine room? We've been flying fine for, for over a month. Uh, Never fear friend. The, Erizand, Erizand Shire, uh, we shall see to this and never, never you worry your pretty little head. Uh, uh, to me, to fr- friends and colleagues, 
we shall uh, to the engines where more interesting things are happening than here. As as you're rallying the troops. To me, to me. The doors uh, slide open again. And uh, we see here walking on the bridge, uh, Nasoki. There's another human and an Osharu walk inside looking very sleepy, but also very tired. They were off shift, so they were probably <laughs> asleep when when uh, when this happened. The Asharu is named uh, Lashoi and wears the robes, vestments of a priest of Aloratu. And he says, have we arrived at the Weidana system? The Isoki who introduced themselves as a, a member of Clan Deirdrick comes up and says, That's not a happy alarm, Padre. It, it looks like we're in trouble. Perhaps you might know this, perhaps not. The players know this, and I think our astute listeners out there will recognize that voice as none other than Kells Feldspar, brother of the heroic Starfinder Knack Feldspar. Sister. What? Sister. Y- you're the brother, yes. <laughs> Sister of Knack, you're her brother is Nack, and indeed is traveling under Waydana Four, perhaps under her mother's clan name, Clan Deirdrick. Uh, the other human male here is uh, an attaché named Balco Unktar, and he looks at the computer station and says, "Um, guys, uh, we have a problem." He's trying to get your attention. Well, uh, <laughs> speak up, Obeid. Come on. Oh yeah, I, I opened up the comms to the engine room to to see if anyone was down there, and. Uh, well, uh, let me just play it for you. He, he opens up the comms and you hear a loud banging sound along with the maybe the sound of uh, someone whistling a tune. There's clang, clang, clang. Uh, take two, Patrick. That uh, I think you got uh, noise gated <laughs> or, zo- or uh, zoomed. Nothing. <laughs> Zoom doesn't you can't like. whistle on Zoom. Zoom doesn't like a whistle. How do I get around whistling? <laughs> Uh, they're, they're not whistling. <laughs> no, they're, no, it's a, they're it's banging a out a jolty Clang, clang, clang. That's very confusing. Well, now I have to rewrite a com- character completely. There's someone that only whistles. So we got problems <laughs> oh, this season. No, that you, you hear a bunch of noise coming out of the comms here, and Balco says, uh, I, "I just did a scan of life boards aboard the ship, and." Uh, well, every single day that I've done it, we've had our full complement of 52 colonists. And uh, well, now the computer is saying there are 53 life forms aboard the vessel. So, Rotrow, do we have a st- 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 stowaway on the ship? You might want to look at those again, old man. Just, just make sure. Double check, huh? Beep, boop, boop, beep, boop. Yeah, no, it's 53. I, it, it just shows me the number. I don't have to counter or anything. He'll show you the screen. And there's Uh, someone in the engine room. (laughs) Well, somebody better get down there, huh? (laughs) Jamfram is already trying to, like, like fiddling with the door, but can't quite reach the latch just right. The latch? (laughs) I'm reaching for an an old-timey door, Patrick. Oh, okay. There's no latch, yes. (laughs) Ezran says, uh, you know, you five, you're all already kitted out. You got your weapons in your bunk, but we'll hold down the bridge. You get down to the engine room. You figure out what the prong is happening to our ride and hurry. I guess, you know, we're. it does look like a time constraint here. 
All right. Jam from leads the way. Come on, friends. <laughs> Ezra and will will walk on over and and open the door for you. Jam <laughs> from and says, "Thank you, hey, Ezra." Hey, uh, Jam. Uh, yes. Keep, yes. Keep an eye out down there. Good night. We don't know what treachery is afoot in the dark corners of the Drift Kingdom. All right, I don't need you to talk down to me. There, I don't Ezrin. understand. <laughs> I, I don't right. understand. I, I, I can thing. speak. I can speak common, Ezrin. All right, I'm so don't, sorry. Oh, with me, and I walk out. Just want to be part of the cool kids club. Okay. Uh, uh, Asher, as as we leave, is going to turn up her music or their music on the on their comm unit and get pumped up. We're <laughs> dancing down the hall. Okay, <laughs> you, you got like a playlist going. Yeah, yeah. Of course, of course they do. Excellent. Well, as you as you open up the hallways here, you know that uh, down the hallway you've got the, of course, massive crew restrooms and uh, living quarters for some of the bridge crew, and then a giant central elevator that can take you between the four floors of the ship, the four massive decks, and down to deck three where the the engine room is. Down a couple couple floors. You all uh, feel good to to pack yourselves into this this little elevator? Sure. (laughs) Yeah, Asher's jamming out. The the sky is changing all different colors. Are you you bringing a vehicle with you? Redacted. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Maybe while the elevator is going down, Pradier just kind of says out loud, not to really anybody in particular, just to the room. He goes, it seems odd that if somebody wanted to sabotage the engines, they would do it in such a reckless manner. I wonder if this is not just a incompetent helper rather than a ne'er-do-well. Hmm. Villainy knows no smarts. <laughs> Insightful. <laughs> right, so you guys can you know, come to your shift, maybe haphazardly having it on, but with your armor already on not that you've needed it at all for the last few few weeks oh, the last oh, month patrick you know i you know, i, I, I imagine this off for baths jamprim is like ready for anything are you, but are you do you even take it off for baths only because it's like it's just literally made of steel and so like it'll, just, <laughs> it'll rust if i if i get it wet too much and so but i still i still wear it in the bathtub sometimes just because it's it's kind of fun to pretend you're a submarine isn't it though Mm-hmm. Isn't it? I mean, we don't talk about that enough on the podcast enough, but and out of 10 on the fun scale. Yeah. I'm just saying, if you can hold your breath for 10 minutes, put on some big heavy armor and you go sit at the bottom of a bathtub and you see what that feels like. It feels pretty cool. <laughs> you know, I, I, maybe I've mentioned this, but in high school at a library event, I got to don a full set of male armor. Uh, for like, you know, some some event, someone brought in like a, a reconstructed suit of knight's armor. And it is very heavy. I guess you probably could have guessed that, <laughs> but it is extremely heavy. Like sitting down was <laughs> was a chore <laughs> in yeah. that. But uh, it was a lot. That's of what fun. they don't tell you in the history books that these these folks were all oh my God. ripped, shredded, absolutely decked. I did not. That or very slow. Or had very shredded horses. I did not feel invulnerable like you would think you would feel wearing a suit of armor. I felt like I could be knocked over with a feather because I felt very (laughs) top-heavy. Extremely top-heavy. It's like like someone 
yeah, threw a 20 pound bag of rice in your arms and it was like, all right, now we're going to have a fight. And you're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Side done. But yeah, th- that being said, if you don't have your weapon and armor on, you can stop by your bunk and pick those up. I, I, I imagine everyone doesn't have their weapon on them all the time. If you got like a, I don't know, does anybody have like a rocket launcher or something? I, I guess you should probably get, check your character sheets, but you can grab that now. That's what I'm saying. And yeah, are, besides that, are your characters ready for danger? Are they prepared? Is anyone wanting to lead the way? Oh, jam for this. Lead the way. Just <laughs> get behind me, friends. <laughs> right oh, Scourge of Vengeance. As you get down to the engine room, as it opens up here, like the emergency lights are on. There seems to be a coolant leak as steam is is spraying out of a, a pipe in the back that is effusing the room, just full of mist, obscuring the engine driver itself. But yeah, through the fog, a little bit of darkness here, you can hear maybe some grunting and just a, another loud clang, clang, clang. Let me reveal on the oh, map. Oh no, the sea urchins have escaped. <laughs> they, they seek revenge. <laughs> they seek revenge. Swarm of sea urchins. So I, I've opened up the map here to the south a little bit. I guess I can just reveal all of it. Deck number three. We've got some more cargo hold space, but also a about half of this deck is the engine room here on, on the map. Do you guys see where we are at? Yes. Yeah, this is engineering is, is the entire room. So it's more than just the engine room. But what would you like to do? That's that's the scene you get to see. What would you like to do once you get down here? The elevator door dings open. And that's the the elevator door is what's labeled uh, number seven here. Is that right? No, no, that is an airlock behind you. Yes, you guys are in the elevator. Sorry. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> so then- there, there's like six characters here. So <laughs> oh, you're, I see. you're covering the elevator completely. Uh, indeed, I step I step forward uh, towards the core, and I I raise my visor and I look around, and I and I say, "Who goes there?" The clanging and I'm stops. I'm gonna make a perception check to try to see where that clanging was coming from. The evenest of it. Wait a minute, that's not right. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say you've rolled the ten and you have no. No, that's not. That's not. That's not true. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> that's true impossible. My, it's not true on my character sheet. Okay, uh, so that would be a fourteen, and I'll okay. I'll start working on figuring out why my checks don't roll <laughs> well yeah you don't see anything but i think perhaps on the far port side of the ship I, I, i'm trying to get the orientation correctly the right side of the ship right port side you, you do port is left the the starboard side of the <laughs> ship you can hear the sounds maybe some mumbling coming from from over in that direction but you don't see who or what is there yet does anybody else want to move in the room or do anything else? Everyone's in the elevator still at this uh, point. Asher, Asher will move forward uh, cautiously, and no one's ever said in any of my games. I'm gonna just run forward haphazardly, <laughs> and I'm waiting for. Oh, it. I'm still waiting. You for have it. played games with Tyler for like a decade now. You know that he does that every time. I, I have not said it out loud. I guess I should start saying exactly the, that line. <laughs> 
I have certainly run forward at Passwordly a few times. <laughs> Patrick got upset just into your MRNC because I, I just walked into a teleport circle without, <laughs> without, without paying any attention to the consequences. I wasn't angry. I was happy. We had a fun episode out of that. What? Zillix or, or Redacted? Anything you guys want to do? You're still in the elevator right now. Redacted's going to just observe for right now. From the elevator? Mm-hmm. Okay. Drew? Uh... <laughs> Don't mind me, old chaps. Uh, go have fun. The, the doors try to close on you. Do, do you guys want to catch them? Or? Uh, my tail was just kind of hanging out there, and it just closed oh, okay. on my tail and then opened back up again. Okay. Uh, right. So as you're standing here, after a little while, you hear a clang, clang, clang as something seems to hit the deck. And through the haze merges what looks like a small little dragon man, little dragon creature with a, a long tail that seems to be dragging a spanner behind it as it as it almost floats forward. And uh, behind it, you can see where it seemed to be putting a dent in the engine casing for some of its coolant here. And old foul beast where it was making a concerted effort to really crack that thing open like a, uh, I don't know, like some kind of sea animal with a hard shell. I don't have an example mm. on hand, but a mollusk, maybe. Uh, yeah, I guess. I was cracking that engine shell open like a mollusk. It, it's very startled as it comes through the haze and sees you and says, Oh my goodness! There you are! My, my supplicants! My peons! My servants! Please, please assist me in getting this infernal contraption open. I, I really want to take a nap inside there where it's nice and ionizy, you know? This is what it looks like. I've already shown you the character right here. This is this little guy. He's like a two feet tall, maybe. Oh, so you mean like a really little dragon? He's a little. He's a wee dragon. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I didn't throw a, a 15 foot dragon at your, your character <laughs> first. First things first. Yeah. I'll, can I'll I can I roll life a... science to identify this thing? Oh no! Of course not. This would be mysticism check. Anybody want to roll mysticism? Can I roll mysticism? Oh, yeah, if you, if you want. Yeah, go right ahead. It's a 17 for Asher. Is mysticism <laughs> trained only? Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, <laughs> Tyler, did you oh. roll as well? Yeah, but Raider didn't really look up enough from the book to <laughs> get a good good glimpse. I think maybe he just looks around and actually maybe not doesn't even see the creature because it's so small. He just is going by the voice and doesn't recognize it from any other creature he's heard before, so. Of course, Asher, they have extensive studying in their, their background. I don't know why you keep playing bookish characters, Rebecca. <laughs> but, well, uh, I don't. I have nope, nope. It's, it's now canon that you're the smart one on this season. Mysticism yep. is wisdom. That's a good point. That's a good point. <clears throat> uh, but yeah, whatever arcane... You feel you know what this is, and you've definitely heard about it somewhere. Uh, this is a Protean Rifty, a chaotic being made of maelstrom energy itself between torn dimensions. And you've rolled a 17. That is enough to know uh, one piece of information about them. What would you like to know? If you want, I can just tell you maybe something a little useful, useful piece of info. Sure. They spawn into existence and last a few hours, but that entire time they are bouncing back and forth between phases of energy. And that gives them 
basically every moment to moment a different kind of energy immunity randomly assigned <laughs> just every every round hey redacted would kind of tilt his head and and look at the creature and kind of just smirk to himself okay creepy <laughs> um well, Asher would relate to her team or their team that beware this creature. It is unpredictable. Ah, yes. Uh, uh, dragons frequently are, which I assume is what this is. And I, I, I draw my sword and I say, put down the spanner, ye friendly dragon, and we shall have no quarrel. No, no, that's not going to happen. <laughs> you silly physical beings, you. Nah, I'm, I'm going to do what I want. <laughs> and you're going to help me. Then have at you, I say. What? 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 Have at what? What are you talking I, about? I charge. No, no. We're in initiative turn order already. <laughs> Let's roll it. Also, looks like you're about five feet away from them. <laughs> Ten feet away from them. Something with input value. Okay. I've got everyone's initiative roll here, and hilariously, <laughs> Jabert, it does look like you're going first, but <laughs> you can. Did you want to uh, start this off by taking an action specifically? Uh, like you want to move in before this combat starts? I mean, I'll 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 move in on my on my turn. Yeah, I think you get a mover standard if you're literally kicking off combat. It, it doesn't seem like he was very angry at you, but he is destroying the ship. Yeah, that's a problem. That's a problem. You and, uh, you live here right now. This is like your house. <laughs> you can okay. imagine that if I were a farmer and, you, and he came in here and started kicking my corn, I'd be pretty upset. <laughs> you oh, understand he... this engine is my corn. <laughs> it's my corn. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Jam from up first what would you like to do all right i'm going to uh swing my mighty blade i guess oh right yeah there's not a three actions right because i'm not actually playing pathfinder <laughs> you're real confused you're, you're way in in the woods on this one yeah 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 all right yeah so uh I'll, i think i'm gonna make one attack yeah okay make one attack oh hey yo natural 11 so a 15 to attack that is a hit. This guy's like, what? what? <laughs> you, have, you have a sharp implement. Yes, it's not made of fire or ice. And I it's a <laughs> six damage. Oh, did I mention I'm also uh, immune to sharp pointy things? <laughs> I'm, I'm immune I to forgot. Sticks and things. How dare you? Uh, right. Did you have a move action? Uh, I'm level one, Patrick. You know I don't have a move action. <laughs> I don't know that. <laughs> um, uh, you know what? I'll I'll I'll, uh, I'll take a, a guarded step around this Ooh, this okay. fella. Um, right, you're, you're stepping into the steam here. I need. Oh wait, there's steam here. Yeah, I mean it's it's non uh, restrictive steam, but yeah, okay, it'll work for you. All right, let me just make sure I know what's happening here. My okay, yeah, no, just just making sure I don't have any actual abilities here. No. <laughs> That's quite all right. <laughs> okay. Next up is our good friend who has only strived to take a little nap in your very expensive Starship's engine room. He's going to look down at the wound you've created on him, which seems to be, you know, bleeding like plasma almost. He's like, ah, what? That 
is this what pain feels like? Yeah, well, I, I've I've adopted many forms and I've I've died many times, but I've not thought that I would go like this. I'm dead now. You don't have to attack me anymore. Goodbye. We have vanquished the enemy. Congratulations, everyone. And I let my guard down. <laughs> oh, oh, you, oh, 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 you foolish fool. It whips around and uh, slithers inside your armor and tries to bite you on the ankle. <laughs> I, I've wait, got you now where I want you. Wait, in my armor? Yeah, it's going to try to get right underneath it. What? I guess it can try to bite through it. I don't know, but I, I want to describe it as oh, getting in the cracks. Okay. I, 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 want, I, <laughs> I want my dice to do well here. And I imagine you actually have good AC. KAC. Um, uh, yeah. I'm pretty, pretty good for a, for level one. Yeah. Insurmountable. We'll say, see how I do. Oh, oh not, not that insurmountable. Oh, 17 on the dice. That is a, a hit. That's right. A hit. And I don't know if you're ready for this. This damage, Shepard. Oh boy. Level one, we're back at it with a D4. <laughs> one point of damage. Uh, Maybe piercing? Yeah, jam from goes down. <laughs> jam from goes down. <laughs> My only weakness. No. Glass can. Well, I-, I lied. It's not just one damage. Oh. It's also a will save oh. for me. Well, will saves are my good one, but no, anything at level two <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so, or level one, but also level two. Yeah, oh, but also level two uh, and eleven. Right, right. As this thing's venom, or perhaps an aspect of its bite, gets right into your system, you gain the confused condition. Oh, <laughs> we're starting what? off. Already? Wrong. Ron, this, this, is the, Ron Lundin this is the Ron special, Lundin baby. touch, baby. <laughs> this, is, Un- this is Patrick Adams to the AP. <laughs> oh. Wait, wait, wait. This is Patrick? This is, this this is, Patrick is, a, this is technically a named character from Cosmic Crit Canon. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you didn't even ask what it was, so now I'm going to hurt you guys. <laughs> uh, and I think you could make. You can still make an. Mm, no, you're confused after. Do you get attacks of opportunity if they've not attacked you after you become confused? Yeah, I don't think so. Okay, no one else has acted yet. It's actually going to take its move action to retreat away to the far corner of the room. It just kind of flies over and maybe up a little bit. So it's like up in the corner. Why would you do that to me? I didn't do nothing to you. Well, so so what it says is what it says is uh, I treat all enemy or all creatures as enemies. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I might I might go on. Mm, that's true. As, oh no! While confused, you can't make any attacks of opportunity. I was okay. about to say I think you, yeah, you not already. unless you focus in on someone. Right, right. And unless I'm already attacking it, I can't make an attack of opportunity. Got it? Yeah, we might not get that far. We'll go on to Our friend Praydeer is is next in the turn order. Tyler. Pradier will hmm. he's going to close his book and say your inability to compromise has been noted and then he kind of maybe as he reaches a hand out you see it begin to coalesce magical energy and he says perhaps we can see what your nightmares are made of and I feel like he's talking to me that that's disturbing <laughs> and, uh, I don't like it yeah, I'm so sorry 
And uh, let's roll an intimidate check. That's uh, well, you know what? what? That's a thing. Actually, let's not roll an intimidate check. Ooh. Let's see how good this thing's DC is. Let's take for you fans at home. Pradier is a precog. <gasps> I think we Which, might have figured that out in episode zero, but yes. <laughs> oh, well, in case you didn't listen to episode zero. Yes, in case. And I can take certain dice rolls for granted, essentially. This is the perfect character for me. <laughs> oh, plenty of people guessed it, I think, in our so instead of rolling, They're like, instead Tyler, of you should, rolling you play dice here on this intimidation check, I am simply going to take an 11 here. And I'm going to add my intimidation bonus, which is a 7, to make this an 18. Now, this is demoralize. <gasps> so, this is against a creature DC. Yes. I or, in the chat. Or so it, we'll see. The, the opponent's CR or 10 plus its intimidate. I don't think it's going to intimidate. I'll double check. No. So, this is <laughs> against its what? 15 plus one and a half, it's CR. Do you think that's enough here at level one, Tyler? <laughs> I'm hoping that squeaks out. What What was your score? 18. Yep, that's a success. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so a you, uh, you are shaken for a single round. <laughs> and uh, how this kind of manifests is that the magic just begins to show this creature visions that, you know, terrify it, essentially. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's a move action. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, the action economy. <laughs> yeah. And then as... <laughs> it, it, th- this creature says, wait, wait, wait. Is that sense dependent or language dependent? I don't speak your language. I don't speak this language I'm talking right now. I've only learned what I've, I've said up until this point. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, totally. Why don't you make me a will save? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> DC 14. Oh, I think you've made it. I rolled a 14 on the dice. I don't have a negative. So that is a success. All right. Well, let's see what, if anything happens, there is a partial effect. Okay. You become fascinated for one round. (gasps) But Patrick, you do take a minus two penalty to saving throws because you're shaken. I don't think I've rolled a 14. So I'm, unfortunately that is still a success. Yeah. Oh, my, my my will save is a plus two. So <laughs> I thought maybe, I thought maybe, <laughs> maybe only had, maybe it only had a plus one, and that would yeah. get us there. But yeah, what essentially a Praetor pulls into its mind visions of a pleasant place, something that would make it feel comfortable, and for just a moment around, it is fascinated. Why give me all these conditions? I didn't do nothing to you, <laughs> Tyler. Then he and then he says, someone finish this creature oh that's frightening uh, okay well next up is redacted miles all right go ahead and make me a will save <laughs> what <laughs> why is it why you guys all have magic users what at a minus two penalty oh boy I've rolled terrible. I've only rolled one side of the dice. The good side. 17 on the dice. That is a success. What are you doing to me, though? Um. Well, I mean, the, th- the good thing is for me, it just has the damage of oh. a mind thrust. Oh, 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 what? Oh, is that a great thing? 
Yes. So you take seven points of damage. Oh no. How? Oh my god. I forgot how much mind thrust is. It's two d ten. Yes. I'm gonna double check this because I, <laughs> I hate it. I hate it so much. It starts at two d ten, and yeah, will for half. So, uh, seven points on the board for redacted. Uh, did you have a move action you wanted to do? Oh no, they're they're content right there. They're just redacted is thinking how interesting this creature will look on his probing table. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> from this picture uh, you selected it, it it almost makes me think that you might mount him on your like I didn't select that picture uh, Patrick did while we're waiting on art I also <laughs> said his because I was being shorthanded but yes redacted, <laughs> redacted is is certainly thinking of of what to do after this creature is defeated well but it might be pretty soon because he's bloodied now, but he's also no longer fascinated because you've, you've cast a spell against him. But still got some friends in the turn order, including next up is uh, Zilix Drew. You know, old sport, uh, the elevators may not be the best place to stand in the combat. Uh, you never want anything falling out from under you. And uh, he's going to step forward all the way over in front of this uh, creature. And as he does so, you see a uh, a weapon sort of materialize from from his arm. Just a long sword, nothing special. His arm turns into a sword, or ah, it just kind of shows you up. See, you see kind of a, of a a ripple, and you see something manifest in his hand. I'm so confused by Starfinder. This could be anything. This could be tech. This could be magic. <laughs> Who knows? And what I am, I can guess as to what you're going to do with the sword, but maybe you should spell it out for us. Oh, yeah, I am going to A T T A C K attack. <laughs> that's that's what we're going to do. Patrick, attack uh, the ground. Drew, was that as fast as you can spell attack? <laughs> <laughs> it was dramatic. It was dramatic effect. Well, it's not dramatic what you've you've rolled here because I think uh, this eight on the dice is going to be a miss. Ah, punk. <laughs> What's Zillix got to say about that? <laughs> well, whoops. <laughs> I meant to hit you. That's the thing. Well, last but not least, bottom of the introductions and bottom of the turn order so far. Rebecca, we got uh, Asher and Sky up next. Yeah, Asher is. So I gain an entropy point at the beginning of my turn. <gasps> and that, you're, you're keeping track of more points yes i've even got a tracker and we are going to charge across the room oh no i can't because the lizard's in the way people are in the way the lizard i have a name old sport hmm well never mind (laughs) (laughs) can can i charge to that spot no well it's got to be a straight line but on a diagonal i think so long as there's no one between you like in any of these squares, I don't think there are any. I think I think you can make that. Okay. Okay. If, well, all right. If that Drew was here, that would be a no. Does that make okay. sense? Okay. Okay. In that case, I am going to charge. That gives me another entropy point, and I'm going to apply an entropy point on my entropic strike at the end of this charge. All right. Make that attack. I'm going to add the 1d4 that I get as extra to the acro. You're going to have to explain this entire class again to me. It's been a little while. I know. Right? Oh, that's no. a 22 to attack. I was about to say, you got a little negative here, but well, it doesn't matter. That's a hit. 
All right, so that does seven bludgeoning damage against EAP. <laughs> oh, Nova wants to do... Let me just roll randomly real quick here. <laughs> no one wants to do... <laughs> Acid damage? You can do acid, right? Nope, nope. I'm, I'm choosing bludgeoning. <laughs> It'd be real cool if you did acid right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, you punch this tiny dragon. Oh, no, no, no. I don't oh. punch it. Oh, I, I forgot to describe my attack. As <laughs> Asher moves across the room, they raise up in the air and jump at the end of their charge with a ribbon up in the air and bring it and smack them smack them down with the ribbon a ribbon you say the battle ribbon insult to injury here yes so perhaps you part of it like wraps around this little dragon creature's tail as he gets brought down to the ground and knocked out just knocked right out of this combat no no turn two for for us and uh he he drops down it's like okay i was joking before but i'm really out of this now you guys you guys beat me up real bad and i don't like it anymore i don't like you you know what you're not allowed to be my servants anymore how about that we don't serve you that's what i just said you're not allowed to who do you work for i'm busy i work for me what brings you to the ship i do what i want I'm I'm a old school villain. I'm a, a ne'er do well. One might call me. I deal eleven damage to myself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm very I'm very bloodied. <laughs> Back damage. I'm extremely bloodied. <laughs> you broke your shield. I need I need I need help. I need medical assistance. Everyone, stay away from me. <laughs> uh, I'll stay away uh, from you. So, so uh uh. uh uh, Zillix sees what's going on with the uh, with the scourge of virgins, and he walks over, and you see him place a hand onto uh, on onto him, and uh, right, make make an attack roll. <laughs> it's, not, it's not an attack roll. Yeah, you have to yeah, make an attack roll to me. You're you're done being confused at the end of your turn. Uh, oh, at the end of my turn. Okay, uh, okay. it's one action, and you <laughs> decide to be as destructive as possible. I had to mute myself. I'm laughing too hard. <laughs> Patrick is is so is the creature da- the creature's down right? Yes, it is dying. You see, it seemed to kind of unravel, starting at the tail, and is disappearing from this reality. <laughs> oh, this is only the ten thousandth time I've died. And it, this one's probably the worst. I, I actually wanted to be friends with you. I thought I could be like your adventuring companion. <laughs> but it's, apparently we decided to go a different way this season. <laughs> be gone, foul beast. And I I, 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 I I charge it with my sword again. <laughs> <laughs> you are you took your confused action, sir. Oh, you nearly killed yourself. He says, I, I, I didn't even get to tell you my name. But I guess we'll save that for for next time. <laughs> Silly permanent flesh beans. I'm going to be back. I'm going to be back in another form before you even know it. Oh, well, you haven't seen the last of. And before he can finish and, and tell you his name, he pops out of existence, just like a bubble bursting here. One moment gone. The next he called us flesh beans, <laughs> beans. Beans, but also he he called you a bean. Yeah, no, that's fair. The temporary anno- annoyance gone. Let us get these. Let us get the engines taken care of, so we can move along from this 
trivial. Well, while you guys do that, I'm going to take a 10 minute rest. <laughs> you just look down and crack some sea urchins on your belly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, goodness gracious. <laughs> well, well, while you do that, the comms crackle to I like did 11 damage you. to myself. That was insane. <laughs> pretty good. The, the comms crackle to life behind you and you hear Ezran Chan Shire's voice say, uh, well, d- guys, did I just hear that right? Did you seem to fight some kind of crazy, extra-dimensional, extremely evil creature? Mm, it was honest, extremely to- evil. It was the evilest creature that's ever been. Wow, that's the most excitement we've had on board the ship in months. Or weeks. The the engine still seems to be down on, on power. Redacted? Perhaps you could take a look at it? Wordlessly, Redacted walks over to... It would have to be wordlessly, because I think your limited telepathy only goes 30 feet, so... <laughs> Yeah, it's true. <laughs> I mean, Redacted was not going to respond anyway. That's fair. Um, <laughs> I, I can see you on, on the limited camera feed we have here. Thank you. Thank you. You want to make an engineering check for me, Miles? Yeah. And I'm trying to see if this comes play. But let me see how this goes first. Um, this, is, this is technically a repair action. So do you have any boosts? Well, I was looking... Um, I'll just roll, roll, roll me the dice and see. We'll see if we need to yeah. figure out some things. Because I bet you roll a rock. Yeah, roll the oh, a rock. <laughs> what is this result? Twenty-five. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> In Pathfinder two e terms, uh, that'd be a critical success. <laughs> Indeed, it, it does not take long. I think you're done before. Our friend Jamfrim is is done resting, and you can ride back up the the elevator there, and it dings on the second deck where a number of colonists are gr- crowded around the elevator, and you get pelted with like fifty questions all at the same time because there's not been any action on this flight the entire time, and now everyone is up and has been trading rumors back and forth about what crazy massive dragon attack the the ship or what was it pirates were there pirates a a orcish woman asks you get close the doors get back up to command deck though and there's some more figures up here as you you get here including a a hannikin who seems to have taken over the the command share hannikin named veach veach and and a couple others Uh, most of the crew are up and ready now but veach veach says uh uh, the first sign of action, and I misses it. Yeah, so you've maybe everyone here asks you for a little debrief, and afterwards, Kells will will tell you all. Uh, well, what 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 was that thing? Uh, it, is it true what it said? Is it going to come back and and haunt us? I would not concern yourself over the haunting of such a creature of little importance. I think anyone here could have dealt with the creature. So. And it seemed more invested in our ongoings than it did that of the ship and the mission. The the Asharan priest Lashoy says, uh, It is a being known as a Rifti. It is from an unmaterial plane of pure chaos. Likely we will not see it again for some time. I would bet on it. And as he says that, there's a, another alert on the computer console that starts flashing. He says, Okay, well, I'm not betting money on it. I didn't mean to say that. But... As, as you examine this alert this time, it is indeed the Burnished Dawn's telenav system, indicating the presence of a, a temporary drift beacon and asking the ship's computer and command to drop the ship out of 
hyperspace travel back into the material plane. Ezran says, well, well, maybe that little crazy thing was our good luck charm. Uh, <laughs> seems like we might finally get our first glimpse of Waydana 4. Uh, do, uh, do one of you guys want to make an announcement to the sailors? It doesn't have to be a, a fancy speech, but, you know, you know, something to keep them a little apprised of the situation before we uh, we head in. Uh, I can feed remote sensors to the monitors downstairs so they, they can watch watch as we approach. Anybody want to say anything on this momentous occasion? Sure. Oh, Prater stepping up, Tyler. <laughs> to all beings on board, we are about to approach the system of our objective. Throughout the infinite timelines, you now find yourself here. Your life, your purpose, now lays before you. Enjoy this moment, crewmates. As soon as you click the comms off, Kells says, Finally, almost two weeks overdue. I'm gonna gonna sue whoever programmed that nav computer, but I can't, uh, can't, uh, Deny, I, I can't wait to see my new digs for the next couple of years. As you guys leave Drift Travel, you see the light of a million stars open up in the view screen in front of you as it kind of bends into existence and pops back in. And before you, in the middle of this sea of stars, is a, a large gray and completely lifeless rock beneath the ship a few thousand miles down. The cheers on the deck perhaps turn to confusion as you all kind of look around and be like, what? What? All of you stunned, perhaps. Does anybody want to make me a a physical science check? Sure. I can do that, too. Oh, no. Oh, oh, we we found your weak spot redacted. Rolling a natural one. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, we'll we'll do that. Uh, (laughs) Even though I have a great physical science. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's uh, our friend Zillix. Nothing to snuff at. What'd you get here, Drew? That's a 24. <laughs> I, th- I think with that redacted things, all is lost. The planet has been destroyed. But you know that this is not Waydana 4 you're looking at. But indeed, it seems like you guys have jumped to the dark side of the moon here for the planet. The, the lunar charts, the Crescent Diviners brought back from the Devastation Arc, the moon giants that scouted this system many, many decades ago. On file can confirm this after you do a quick scan, and Ezerand will will you know come back and say, uh, "Well, oh, it looks like we're gonna have to wait a little bit, but we're gonna get a pretty amazing sight here in a minute, folks. Uh, we're we're gonna use the moon and slingshot around and get a a planet rise up over the horizon, and it's gonna be it's gonna be quite a show. So, you know, in, inflate some some Ruka kernels and sit back and enjoy." Settlers all over the ship gather with friends, family, loved ones, people that have traveled here aboard this vessel with you for 33 days. They sit in the many common rooms, embrace one another, cheer as over the next hour sight of a bright blue and green planet crests the circular horizon of this lifeless moon. It takes a few minutes of boosted travel to clear enough of it to take a good first look at uh, the shape of this planetoid uh, below you. It's a, a beautiful blackwater planet, mostly water, diverse biomes covering several continents. But something does seem off as you, as you look on for it doesn't match some of the limit files and outlines you had in place from the Crescent Diviners. 
coastlines are wrong. As you watch while the computer does a far off scan on the, the current visible side of the planet, it starts to match with a, a database trying to look for discrepancies and pulls up a holographic map of what it's seen here. And the only thing that it matches it to is it looks like a faded piece of vellum scored and inked thousands of years ago. Ezran kind of looks at what he's seen here and, and takes off his glasses and squints at the, the holographic display and says, oh, that, that, these scans have to be wrong. There's no way. But indeed, the computer has seemingly found a match pulled from very recent Starfinder archive and thought to be a, a blank map wiped out by the gap long ago. It now seems to have words and lines popping up across this map showing ancient mountain ranges and a vast sea of, of squiggly lettering de denoting places of yore and uh, a couple of very large terms written across the top of it. As you look down below you at the, the planet coming into view, the continents here for yourself, something inside you kind of confirms what you're looking at for lying untouched beneath you all is a gap forgotten, long lost planet, the planet of Galerion, the center of the packed world where now only Absalom Station remains, an ancient planet thought lost forever, just sitting here at the edge of the galaxy in a vast spiral arm of the cosmos. People oh, begin to realize what's happened on the ship, and there's there's gasps from the crew, there's shocked expressions, there's general bewilderment as far as you can see as this happens. Several words, words pop up on this ancient vellum map as you, you read across the computer screen here. In front of you are the, the words, welcome to season five. <laughs> and also a to be continued. Holy. That's a reveal. Yeah. yeah. Jabert, you and I did pick the appropriate character. Uh, guys. <laughs> <laughs> guys, I've been keeping that secret for well over a year and a half <laughs> since I decided to play Horizons of the Vest. Oh, we playing on Galerion, folks. Oh, snap. We're back, baby. Did I tell... I'm playing Pathfinder, I, baby. Did I, mention, <laughs> did I mention Season 5 of Cosmic Crate was going to be kind of big? Maybe a little cosmos changing, world shattering? And, and uh, what's Galerion? Oh, that's a great <laughs> that's question, fair. Drew. Well, it's a planet everyone forgot about and doesn't exist in Starfinder, but that's where, like, almost all of Pathfinder takes place. <laughs> I, I probably should have prefaced that. <laughs> yeah, because uh, Drew, Drew and I are not Pathfinder players, so we... I had no idea either. <laughs> That's where Skull and Shackles <laughs> is taking place right yeah. now. We're on Patreon. Uh, yeah, you maybe can understand a little bit of the crazy big secret indeed I've been holding on to, but yeah, next week, we're going to start the process of settling down on Galerion. We are not using the maps that are in the actual Starfinder campaign, Horizons of the Vest. We're using Pathfinder maps oh for this God. campaign. Patrick, you're insane. I, I'm doing That's what I want. <laughs> I hope this means that I was sitting here regretting my character choices because I was like, I am terrible at all of the technological skills and all of the <laughs> sciences. Hopefully this means that we'll be okay. You know what? No computer checks the rest of the season. You guys are free from computers. <laughs> Just throw them into the ocean as soon as you sit All down. Analog. Uh, yeah. No, we're we're settling down next week on Pathfinder First Edition maps of the continents of Avistan and Garoons on the Inner Sea. And indeed, Bob, I've got some big, <laughs> big question marks, I'm sure. Just like the 
people at Paizo have have lingered in front of folks for years, if not over a decade. What happened to the Galerion since its disappearance? What is happening with the system? What am I planning on doing with this setting? And a ton of more questions that I probably haven't even thought of to uh, to answer yet. <laughs> I, the, 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 everything will be answered this season, but you have to listen in order to to find out. No spoilers for anyone in the Discord. <laughs> or hold Patrick to gunpoint. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't have this written down anywhere, so I just Dang hope it. I don't get mugged and shot somewhere <laughs> or else you'll never know. You better That's keep me be safe. Let's go. Yes. Uh, and I, we should probably mention, Jabrit, you developed this character independently. You you didn't know this was no, coming. Not, e- not even a little bit. <laughs> um, Tyler didn't know he was going to be able to settle ancient elfin homelands and, and whatnot. Yeah, and uh, wild. And maybe the Greys were also on Galarian. I don't know. <laughs> maybe I haven't read through all the APs. Guys, are you ready for this season of Cosmic Grid? No. I don't think so anymore. Nope. nope. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. I've lied to you for the last year. Uh, yeah, Waydana 4 is a little bit different and going to take you for a bit of a proverbial ride over the next few years. So you four uh, or you five. You, I said four because that's how many Pathfinder podcast. You five buckle up, indeed, for next week's episode. That is going to do it for episode one of season five, guys. Thank you all for playing with me. Well, thank you, thank, thank you, you. Thank you. Critter managers out there, thank you for listening. Trust me, you do not want to miss next week's thrilling episode here on Cosmic Crit. So long. Arg. No, <laughs> that's Bye. appropriate now. That's yeah, fine. That's I'm allowed to do that now. Oh, okay. Cannon. <laughs>